You're now listening to a Press Play Network podcast. collect $200,000. We beg your pardon, America. Uh. As far as I can remember, I never changed with you. Never came at you like what you said. Wait, boy, you ain't the same as you. I was looking for a hater and you was the main nigga. I just want to help. Can I help? Everybody on. Make everybody well. Like a cesspool, next fool move, text move through his motherfucking chest. Yeah, this is what it's come to. This is why you gotta be a fucking lion if the game is a jungle. Gotta be a liar when they tell me it's a hustle. Cause the way a nigga lives determine a nigga culture. Burning bridges, buying boats. I can guarantee. 
guarantee wins like Ali's here. I don't know if I'm a vote, but a man sitting idle with advantage to his rival. So devil get up off me. That's a stiff arm. Underground railroad moving, better get on. Southside rebel keep the flows tough as leather for a lightweight fabric. That's chiffon. We on a whole nother something else. Niggas be gone like birthdays. We never struggle here to pee on. I never struggle like the beat on. Boy, I love it. Tell them motherfuckers we hustling and trying to see something. And yo, it's the world's greatest hip-hop podcast, it's the Hip-Hop Rejects, this is a podcast all about hip-hop music, it's your boy Young Fly to the rest, he's royalty, and we in here tonight, what we got going? Man, we got the boy. We've been trying to get on this show for a long ass time. I think I think he been we've been trying to get him on the show it's like since we first started trying to have a guest. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we gotta do it right, man. <laughs> exactly, man. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, but we got the boy Big Steve up in here, you know what I'm saying? Steve Robson. He another hometown artist, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, go. Hey, pause, man. Pause, y'all. Bye. Right. Huh? Hey, your mama said, give me the key to the trust so I can follow her. Yeah, it was on the dress. Okay. Damn. Live recording, people. <laughs> Alright, yo, my bad. So I don't even know where I was, man. 
But you good. Just an introduction. I'm here. Steve, it's been a long goddamn time. Should have been here. But yeah. we're here. What's correct? <laughs> all right, man. So, you know, all right. So the thing is, Steve usually shoot me. When he work on something, he shoot me a track. I listen to it, give him my feedback. And I'll be listening to stuff. He like one of the only artists I know that use auto-tune if you ever heard some of his music where I can actually listen to his music. <laughs> like, I can't listen to a lot of folk music that got auto-tune because it's like they do it wrong and he actually do, does his right so I can actually listen to it. So, you know what I'm saying? I have been, like like we said, man, like about two years, two, three years been trying to get him on the show. I know he be, you know, life. That's, that's basically it. But we finally got him on the show and we finna kick this interview off. Oh yeah, already, man. Alright. First off, let's just go ahead tell him, um, Tell them about yourself, you know what I'm saying, um, your inspirations for music and, you know, um, where they can pick up your music at. Mm, musically, well, I'm Steve. Um, I guess everybody know that, but, you know, I never came with no nickname or no shit like that because it was always more about the music and what's coming out, so... It was always Steve. Uh, man, this music made influences. Music influences. It's really all hip hop, man. This shit is is. I'm influenced by classic hip hop, like the times where we used to go get the CD and, and open it up and read the cover and shit after you take the plastic off and look at the pictures through the uh, booklet. You know what I'm saying? As you're listening to the CD, you on number one, you seeing who produced the shit and seeing who featured on it, looking at the credits. So that's what I'm really trying to bring back. The nostalgia of it. I feel you, I feel you. Uh, so, like... <sighs> We 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 done brought that up a couple of times because we all come from that era where before you even heard pretty much a song off the album, the album cover is pretty much what sold you. You know what I'm saying? Like the old No Limit album covers and Cash Money album covers and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's like like what you said. You know, you used to get the 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 CD. And flip through the booklet while you listen to the uh, tracks on there, and I feel like that's a that's that's what's lost in hip hop now is because it's not an experience anymore. It's like hip hop is just popping off singles and not full albums. Like rarely is it a full album that grasps the the culture's attention. And I want to know how you feel about that. Um, I think that's in a sense that's mm-hmm. true. In a sense, that is true because um, it, it's turned to a, a it's kind of a, a um, kind of a microwave type thing now where everybody really focus on, on that one and it's not really that sit down and listen to an album type thing anymore. So with that said, you do have to give people music like constantly. You have to give them music constantly. But at the same time, I feel like you can be an artist that give them an album and then fall back, like disappear from the face of the goddamn earth. 
and come back with a whole nother album. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what Kendrick and J. Cole do. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. Like, it's some people that do that shit. And it's just, if you're fearless enough to do it, and then it'll seem like, damn, he, he got the, he know the sauce. He know the way to do it. But at the same time, people just try to give them what they miss. So, damn, man, I'm, I miss having albums out. I miss uh, sitting listening to an album. So the right artist going to give you that. And it's, it's really coming right back around to people like Kendrick, uh, like you said, Jay Cole, like you say, uh, Drake. He's trying to get back to a, a, a album-type thing. But that boy just let out singles like a goddamn machine gun, which is never a bad thing. Yeah, very true, very uh-huh. true. Uh, sticking to the whole album, um, <clears throat> as far as what albums and stuff like that, a lot of your cover art is very, I would say, probably like very abstract. It's very different from a lot of a lot of upcoming artists where it's <clears throat> most artists that you come across, then it's very like flashy and it's very like, to me, it's very abstract. What what gave you the inspiration as far as for like when it comes to your, your single covers for a lot of your, a lot of your content? Um, the, uh, covers, I, well, first and foremost, I'm working with my homeboy, Ken Arino. He, he's just a, a mad scientist when it comes to a lot of this Shout shit. out to Reno. Oh my goodness. Like, I just, me and Ken Arino have been working so long, so close together. A lot of these times I'll tell him the, a small concept of a picture or an album or details I'm trying to go and I'll send him the song or a song that gave me that idea about it. It, it may have may or may have not been the song I'm recording. Like I'll just send him something that will put him in the mind of it. Um, and from there, I don't know, I think we so we so away from the box, quote unquote, we try to burn the box and just do our own thing. So it, it kind of turns out like that at the same time. But uh, visually, I'm I'm chasing Basquiat. I want I want I want to give him that feel like Basquiat gave him. Like when you saw them tags on the corners and you just wanted to know who the hell is this. Just like Warhol. He just wanted to know who the fuck was this putting these tags up. Right, just I feel you all Nick. Uh speaking of Reno, man, like production wise also, like, we gonna have to get Reno on the show too. Cause he like he cold with it production wise oh, too. Yes, he he real cold, and, and and that's the thing, man. Like that's why I be wanting to get local people on the, on on our show because I'm gonna give you the same question that I give everybody that come on locally. We got so much talent in our hometown. Why is it that like no one has blown up like they should have, and why is it? that we still in that crab in a barrel mentality versus like Atlanta where they always propping each other up or how Houston was when they was propping each other up. Mm. That's a hell of a question. Um, well, locally, I'll say this. 
we um we we look to a lot of people look to make it you know what i mean that's quote unquote like make it and and back back you know in the day i say 80 like late that late 80 90 ish type when people wanted to deal you slick kid you know like give one person a deal and then one person to save the you know save the whole tribe or to save the whole city like we need a banner and and you got one david banner and that's the one person gonna carry the flag for the whole you know what i mean right i think, I think just that that mind frame makes artists want to just go get it themselves, and 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 it's not really a selfish thing at, at the same time i think it's just a lot out of necessity like um just just to go get it and and at the same time man to to act <laughs> specifically me for sure about you know Greenville artists working together and man like like I tell cats man I work with a lot of cats down here man and a lot of them great and just like I can answer the question one way when your next interview you're gonna get a totally different answer but you know some people just gotta it, it's <sighs> Mm-hmm, man, it's layered because it's 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 relative to who's making music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, I honestly feel like in the in our in our community, and when I say our community, I'm not talking about specific black community. I'm talking about our hometown. It's yeah. basically a popularity contest. Like if you weren't, if you're not a popular person. But like you could be spitting way better and have way better production than the popular cats, but nobody will pay you any mind. And but you know the 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 popular cats who were like popular in high school, popular on the streets or whatnot, they decide, oh well, I want to be a rapper too, or such and such rapping, and they start doing it, and they start all of a sudden everybody jamming them, but nobody pay a certain person no mind because. You know, they weren't popular. And I, I feel like that's what's been the hold back on our city. You know what? When, when, Whenever, I feel like that too, especially in the beginning when I was doing this shit, I felt like a popularity contest. Because um, just for the simple fact, I was just trying to work with people. Like, and, yeah. And go in their studios. Hey, man, man, uh, I'm trying to come through, drop something. What to do? What to do? I got a lot of, well, you know, I'm straight or we good over here and we good over here. So when I started making my own music and shit, that was like in my own studio, my own beats. I started making them out of necessity, me and Ken. So a lot of this shit I do, it's a necessity of you can't come in here or like that gump shit. You can't sit here. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I, that's kind of why I started doing it. So I could be the person to that other artists could come to like, well, they don't fuck with me around there. You know what I'm saying? Well, I hear your song. I hear you. I see your, your vision. Come over here and I got you. That type of shit. So right. I, I, I always saw that people won't work with each other and 
it, it's kind of like a popularity contest. And, but at the same time, man, I'm, I'm athlete-minded in a lot of this shit. So for once, it's a competition. It's it's usually always a competition with me. Right. And that's really not saying I'm competing with another soul. Like, if I put up 25, I just want to come out and put up 26 next year. It don't matter who's checking me or no shit. You know what I mean? You're competing with yourself. And, 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 and y'all, like, I went to high school with Steve whatnot. Like, Steve was shooting it up from 40 before he even... Crossed the half half court line, he was launching them before Steph was. <laughs> Don't get it, man. That's a, that's a terrible shot. <laughs> Don't hey. give me that. Now I, I would name somebody that uh, used to shoot that motherfucker like that, like pull up. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Bro would just pull the fuck up, like. Now, Mike was pulling up from Port. I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't gonna pull up from Port because this just felt like a bad fucking shot. Why are you shooting that far? But yeah, yeah man. Uh, I mean, man, like, see, that's why I like to bring these, bring locals on, people I know that got good music because we can have these conversations because, like, the conversation is natural and is organic. And. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go. I don't have to do, and I, it, it may be lazy on my part, but I don't have to go do too much research just to extend the interview out. You know right. what I'm saying? The you know, I, it's 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 people I didn't work with, people I didn't grew up with, and seeing, and, and you know, it's some cats out. Like matter of fact, you know, um, we on we on the road to episode 100. Like this episode ninety eight. Yep, ninety eight. <clears throat> we got we got one more episode than episode one hundred. Like ninety eight. Yeah, man. yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Like we got our boy MCB Moss. We got our boy DJ Pizzleman out there in Hawaii. You know, like we got you know um, B Moss out there in Atlanta. And he do nationwide tours and stuff. And the purpose of Rejects was to, us doing this, was to help expand the independent artists. So, like, when we get on episode 100, we trying to have a big show, bring a lot of people in. And it's also maybe, like, a little mixer for a lot of different artists so y'all can get to know these DJs and connect with each other. And you know, honestly, honestly, I wanted to shoot for a hundred <laughs> episode, a hundred, <laughs> because oh. just for the simple fact that I should have been one. <laughs> so I always felt, you know, a certain way about that. Like I couldn't do the first one, so it just time just passed and shit. But I looked up and you had hit me when I sent you the song, like, bro, you're gonna do the interview. And I could have said some old extra shit, like uh, this in the way and this in the way. We're going to wait on this and try to put this together and roll something out. And it could have fell on 100. Yeah. But nah, this is nah, we needed to go on through this. Man. I, I mean, we. I, I'm going to put it out there before I forget. Episode 100, we really trying to have Keeper, Block, Hyperhound, you, uh, 
MCB Moss, uh, Pizzleman, like like everybody that helped get rejects to where it's at right now. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's like, like episode 100 probably be like our Motown 25. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds great. Man, like, so, for real, like, shout out to the, because we doing this, and we're not even doing this on the official page right now. We're doing this on the community page because yeah. I ain't been looking at the members on the hip hop community page. Like, I haven't been like, oh, I'm monitoring it. We got a thousand, like, one point. 2k members sitting in the community page right now so i gotta say shout out to all the people who are in in, in the uh hip-hop rejects community and shout out to all the artists that independent artists that we've had on this show because it's all due to their hard work to share our show and to share this to share that community page to get the community where it is so that is cool shout out to them man right just because like honestly man this this has been a journey. We didn't had times where we like we we always apologizing to the fans <laughs> because we'll be consistent. I'm talking about going hard, going hard, going hard. Then we'll fall off. Oh then, shit! Don't say that. And then no, because it's like it goes along with the climate in music. You know what I'm saying? Like when you got good music dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. Then we got stuff to talk about. Like if stuff going on in hip hop, we got stuff to talk about. But then when it slow down, they kind of like make us slow down because we don't want to just get on here and ramble about nothing. But at uh, the same time, at the same time, it it doesn't. It doesn't really even slow down. Like musically, that'd be my issue. Like I stay in the studio talking to my guys. That like when it gets slow. That's when I kind of get frustrated because it seems that the hip hop culture, our hip hop culture, isn't putting shit out. Like, it, like the artists are just sleeping and shit. And like you say, for a week straight, artists would be banging out singles and shit. We'd be getting singles, especially on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reverb. People be throwing out singles, and I'm looking like, damn, that's what's up. It's the city thriving. People putting out music and shit. And then the next three weeks. It'll be extremely quiet. Like nobody putting out shit, nobody saying shit. We, I guess, on a smaller scale, it's just you know, just like the the larger hip hop community. You get a few artists that put out a couple projects, and then the whole community sitting around waiting on you know those same few artists to put something out. And that'd be my issue. Like I just like to keep it hot. Like keep putting shit out. Keep the listener waiting on something because people take for granted our hip hop uh, culture around here yeah they really it's- do like people people want this shit people want the podcast like y'all for instance I'm gonna keep bringing back y'all cause I really been on y'all at the same time as fucking um Nori as Nori podcast y'all been watching that shit the train champs, yeah, we've been right. yeah, yeah. Like, bro, that shit has has heated up and died down, and y'all still rolling. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, like, I mean, heated, I appreciate that change format for real. Y'all on some more shit, man. Y'all started number one and at the same time. That was like around the same time. And he really, changed format. Truly, was now. When I think about it, yeah, that is around yeah. the same time that Drink Champ started when we started. Hell yeah. So, you know, just on that note, just seeing who first and shit. I like the I like people to start the way. 
I like to roll with the people that started the wave. And now I really started this this uh, podcast shit around here, which is great, man. We need that. We need that shit. We need that other avenue to say, man, we can have a podcast instead of people. Everybody want to say we can rap or we can make a beat. It's just another avenue to get your creativeness out. Yep, that is, that is definitely that. Uh, Steve, you got to... Okay, so... As far as like with your music, man, like what like what drives you? What keeps you going? What keeps you continuing to make music um, as an artist? Like what keeps you going? Um, as an artist, I I just really want to make the best hear hear the best music at firstly. Like we all can say we want to make the best song, but I just want to hear the best music and. Like around here, being that we're in the local scene, we won't just get me a lot of times. I won't just get the, the songs that I want to hear. So I, I have to reach sometime and kind of make it's like I'm making my own playlist a lot. And a lot of them times, rap is like I be telling my homeboys a lot rap is easy in a sense. Now, let's, not, let's not do that. But in a sense, rap is easy if you're from that that type of environment. So us rapping and rhyming, all you're doing is putting your sauce on it, now you're a rapper. But at the same time, that pen game, when you're working that pen, man, it, it, it shows a different skill set. So the people before me, like... Uh, uh, First CD I ever bought my own money was DMX. It's dark and hell is hot. So people like that, DMX, Jay-Z, then from there, Tupac, Tupac, greatest of all time. Some argue Biggie. Biggie was cool. Uh, I used to like the the Fugees, Um, Wu-Tang, pretty much everything East Coast around there. Everything no limit, everything um, cash money, MJG, Eight Ball, UGK. I still live by Pimp C right now. <laughs> uh, but when you get away from rap, well, can't get away from rap without saying Outcast, then Goody Mob, then uh, um, TI. Okay, then three six. I really can't forget nobody because that shit would be really iffy. But then when I get away from rap, it's Michael. Like Michael Jackson is one of the greatest motherfuckers to ever sing a note. True. And like I said, with him putting up sixty like that, I can't just be coming out trying to put up thirty and say, "Damn, Mike taught me that." Mom, Mike ain't taught you how to put up no twenty motherfucking points. <laughs> Mike try to come out bust clock. So you know, we I shoot for great songs first and foremost, man. That's what's up, man. So what we gonna do is we gonna tackle, get your opinion on some of the stuff that's going on in hip-hop right now. First thing I want to talk talk about is King Petty. I don't know if y'all been keeping up with it or whatnot, but that boy 50 Cent. 50 Cent is... 50 Cent Instagram is comedy gold. It's lit. (laughs) 
<laughs> His Instagram stay lit. Uh, I, I fuck with 50, though. Yeah, me too. Like, him, like, like everything, even though 50 ain't really rapping or nothing no more, it's like... His his other business ventures have been very lucrative, like Power. Uh, you know, he doing all these other shows and stuff. Like, you know, that's that's showing that that's showing growth in your profession. You know, you ain't always got to be a rapper. You can go out and become an executive producer, and 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 not just deal in music no more because music is a very hot and cold. You know, genre, yeah, to to be in. Unless you got like and, a really really good catalog, and then you know you go overseas because you know everybody. Shout out to all the people, especially people in the UK. They listen to us and all that all that good stuff. Uh, people in UK and stuff like that. People overseas, they don't care about what's the hottest thing. They listen to what they like because they like it. That's how like all these, you know, say probably eighties. 70s and 60s acts still be around here making money because they're overseas. Yeah. Doing, doing yep. tours. Basically. I mean, when you go back and look at, like, for instance, look at Michael Jackson's bad tour when he went overseas. Like, literally, it was a sea of people. He couldn't even, like, I don't even see how they dispersed all them people. You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? That's, that's crazy. Like, that's that bad tour is. I don't know, man. You a lot of that shit. <laughs> a lot of that shit is. <laughs> it's like God gift of music, man. Like you can't, you can't. For instance, on, on Thriller, the um, the twenty fifth edition of Thriller that remastered and and when they put it out again, yeah. At, at the end of the CD, it was a track on there um, where Quincy, Quincy Jones was talking about Michael and Thriller. And he was saying that um, like it can't nobody can't nobody try to make no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like put no shit out and make it do what it did. You can't shoot for that. The only thing that helped them was was it was more of divine, more divinity than anything, because that's the only person that could make something happen like that. That's God. So when Michael was out there like that in a sea of people, like it literally looked like a wave of people. As soon as he hit the stage, somebody say Michael, and he, they just pass out. Just. I don't know, man. This shit, that shit does. It's, it's a beast, cause that shit there's a beast. And at the same time, DMX in Australia, that shit, yes, like it, it's certain people, man. That, and that see, make, that, it, make a move. You get the crowds overseas. Okay, so, mm-hmm. um, all right. So, like right now, um, this debate been going on. A lot of the new younger cats, they coming out. They saying the old heads hating on them. I, I, I'm more of along the lines. I feel I'm like all of us that's on this podcast, pretty much around the same age as J Cole. Mm-hmm. And to me, we old niggas, but we not old niggas. You see what I'm saying? 
And they want to say, because we like a certain style of hip-hop that we owe, niggas. But at the same time, I feel like we, I feel like we the generation that care more about lyrics and content versus just a beat. And, yeah. and I kind and I when I sat back and thought about it, I literally had to just be honest with myself. And I know whose fault that the newer generation was on. I know who fault it was that the newer generation only cares about the production. They just want to beat they can grind to because when we go back and think about it, the songs that we was in the clubs bumping to in the early, mid-2000s, the lyrical content weren't really all that high. And I blame that on Lil Jon now. You can't do that. <laughs> like, like real talk, because cause like it got to the point where it it was like like it got to the point where when we heard uh, we knew a Lil John beat when we heard it. We knew a Pharrell beat when we heard it. We knew a Timbaland beat when we heard it. We knew a Manny Fresh Justice League. We knew Scott Storch when we heard him. You know what I'm right. saying? That's right. We 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 paid that we paid that much attention to the production, mm-hmm. and we stopped focusing on the lyrical content. I think at the same time, um, like southern music just just started climbing and just started being more of at the forefront. And with our music and our production, you can't you can't rap a, a cadence style rap to it. You know what I'm? Well, you you can, but that hip hop, that pure East Coast lyricism flow that we really like because we grew up on it. And Southern music wasn't at the forefront when we was growing up, so we got a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the heavy samples and all that extra shit. And, yeah, but but like but, for example, not to interrupt, but for example, no. what I'm trying to get it is. When you listen to an Outkast album, I right. don't know who producing Outkast beats because we not paying attention to the Outkast beats. We paying we just, attention we to Outkast. We just know it's a Dungeon Family. That's all we know. And whoever the hell that's it is. all we know. We just we just <laughs> right. paying attention to the lyrics because we want to know what Big Boy and Andre Three Stacks saying. But when a Lil Jon song came on, the only thing that caught us was the hook and the beat. I think it was because it was a heavy sound. Like at the same time, you know when uh, um, uh, let me fucking name some man. Like you said, the uh, Justice Justice League. When some of them songs come on, you slick know who did it. I mean, like the new school shit. Even with Zayto, you can slick tell when Zay hey, so. Zay beef in the play. You know what yeah. I mean? Because them well, he got an intro there. style. He got an intro style to all his beats. At the same time, for real, do too. If you peep, for real, got yeah, uh, intro like he it's it stops like pump 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 pump. It do that every beat. It could be an R and B beat, it could be a, a Grammy hip hop beat, but that motherfucker's gonna jump like four times, and it's like a for real thing. So I think man, once you start getting into production. And these these uh, producers putting they, they sound on top of their beat. For instance, Timlin, he he just fucked up a whole generation. Everybody knew when oh, the Timlin shit oh, finna come up. Yeah, that that was me. Man. Right there. 
Like, even if you hate it, like, I hear a lot of niggas saying, Magoo's <laughs> Magoo is all right. But at the same time, those lyrics on top of Timberland shit was gold. So it, it kind of depends. It kind of depends. But speaking on that production tip, the southern southern guys, man, we we got a, a different flow. So a lot of that shit ain't finna fall right on top of a, a southern type beat. And at the same time, everybody need not need, but everybody wants a southern beat nowadays. A lot of artists, don't matter where they're from, they rapping on a, a 808 driven beat that sounds like it's southern influence. So they're not going to be rapping East Coast-ish on it because you can't. You know what I mean? The beat falls different. And you know what? I, I had this conversation with somebody. I said, I believe Southern hip-hop turned out the way it was because of the HBCU bands. That, like, the Southern hip-hop um, production Mm-hmm. Is because of historically black colleges bands, because I believe producers wanted to make beats that they know a college could play there. They can that a college would be able to play. That's why it's so heavy in drums. That's why it's so heavy in horns. Like not many strings. It's a lot of it's a lot of drums and horns in it. And um, and I think it was it was because of that because they wanted because when you think about it. Like the perfect song to me for a college band to play down south is Southern Rivalry by Chameleon now with Killer Mike and Pastor Troy on it. Mm-hmm. Then, then you think about you know uh, you think about all the music you heard from the South, and when you think about you when you was in high school or college, especially if you went to an HBCU, like. You heard the most popular songs being played by the band. Yeah. Like, and I, I felt like that was like I felt like that was the inspiration for the music turning out the way it did. Yeah, I think that that did have a lot of influence in it. Now that you uh, say that, yeah, I think that correlates a lot because that band and shit. That's around the same time. Um, was that uh, Trick Daddy Take It to the House? Yeah. Right yeah. That time that mm-hmm. shit came out. I think from there, shit went a lot of bandish type shit. Man, yeah. It bangs. It, it bangs like a motherfucker. And especially when the JSU get out there and play that shit, that shit gonna turn up. Like, when you got colleges like FAMU, which I think, because I feel like all the drums and high percussion started in Florida down there with, uh, um, two live crew and all of them, and then FAMU and University of Miami picking up on it, and their bands playing that music. Then the other bands like, yo, we can play that music. So you got colleges in a lot in, in Georgia, you know what I'm saying? So you got people that probably was in college that you know was studying music. They become producers. And like it's ingrained in their head, you know, I, they still a band geek, whether they know it or not. I mean, whether they admit it or not. And that's all in their head. Well, this is how good that when the band played. And I think that's, you know what I'm saying? I think that's what's led to it. That's exactly true, man. Like I just said, man, Ken been making beats since the beginning. And you know he a band geek. He's a yes, band sir. Geek. 
a band full. So a lot of my shit beats may start from a feel or start from an influence I've had and he'll finish it on some straight uh, this is what they'll sound like playing this shit and it'll end up with brass in it it'll end up with some heavy ass drums in it and I'll have to come back and add strings on some you know on some classical shit just on, to stretch it out and air it out right I feel but it's gonna bump and bang like a motherfucking band every time alright so I got this question for you uh-huh. besides yourself locally who are your favorite artists? Oh, Miss Quiff. <laughs> <laughs> Locally, who are my favorite artists? I um, mean, you could have just said everybody. I wouldn't be messy. I mean, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. But at the same time, you know, if, if I say everybody, man, that shit a lie. That's a straight ball face lie. A ball face ass lie. But at the same time, man, it's talent all the way around this motherfucker, man. Um, it really is. I really, I really uh, like B. You know, that's my guy, but I really fuck with his, his, his passion behind his lyrics. I guess me working with him doing all them beginning CDs really kind of just made me sit back and pay attention to why he say shit and why this rhyme came to be and why he would say it. And I see a few artists like that, like Beat Him Down, uh, Deuce, his little brother, Deezy. Shout out to my cousins. Goddamn. um, Hype, he'll spit. Um... I like Fargo. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, Free Red. <clears throat> Free Red ain't really never let me down. Uh, Foster. Um, okay. This one name, though. I'm finna say Nash. Slick. He, 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 Slick is a motherfucker. And, you know, we've been recording a lot of shit, but they, these people slick waiting on this motherfucker, too. And that's QB, old slick ass. Oh, man. Man, don't. Bro, I'm going to tell you something, bro. And I hope, bro, listening to this now, bro. You know he because is. I, I hope, bro, listening to this now, bro. Like, QB is the most slept on artist in Grayville to me, bro. I ain't going to say that. I think he just, he just more. It's, it's more, more reserved. Yeah. It's more anticipated now because he, he for sure reserved. Slip on, I think he'll bite a motherfucker head off just by them saying it. So I like that. But My boy had a song back when we was, I think it was right out there we graduated high school called Mister. <laughs> yeah. It, the yeah. song was just called Mister. He told a story, bruh. And the, the like, I hated he ever lost that song, bro. Because to me, just hearing that song, if that song could just got on the radio, that song would have went worldwide. Yeah, yeah, he that he that type of artist. And um, just like I send you songs, Quinn, when I you know, as soon as I make it, I might shoot it to you to see what you think. I've been doing that shit with QB for what 
last what four years maybe. So I got at least five songs with QB on it that ain't nobody heard. And he may have just sent me three more he just did, like, on the low. Ain't nobody here. So there's just a mixtape there or album there just from what I know for sure. But Bruck Ho, Bruck, Bruck got a head on his shoulder. At the same time, there's so many other artists, man. Like, my wife, ex-wife, rather, just like the song for that shit. She is cold, like her pen game cold. She got songs she hadn't even put out. Just cold. Um, she gonna go by Lily now, Lily DaVinci. So be looking out for that. She cold as fuck. Uh, it, it's a few more, man, but like I said, um, everybody can rap nowadays. Everybody can rap nowadays, so if I don't really see no, no reaching for for I ain't gonna call it greatness, but reaching for for more than even if we just rapping, you try to be the best rapper. I just like you know, like I said, everything go back to to, to being an athlete a lot and that competitiveness in it. It really ain't got to be against you, but it can be, and they know how I feel it. True. You know, it can be if it end up like that. Like 50, 50, you know, 50 ain't ain't giving a damn how you really feel after the war. No, he really don't care. No, let's just get to it. But speaking of 50, man, uh, Quinn, how you feel about this shit? Him and Floyd, that's what you mean? Yeah, man. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's comedy to me, man. Like, real talk. I, I just... That is terrible, like, man. They homeboys. They homeboys. What, what throw me off is that these long, these long posts Floyd be posted. And like, Floyd, we know you can't read, though, so we know you ain't wrote that. We know that. somebody else posting it for you. <laughs> yeah, bro, we know you ain't did this. So, you know, <laughs> that's why it's funny to me. And like, 50, like, it ain't, it, it feel like 50 do it effortlessly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, that's why I feel like like 50, I don't see why, why, after all this time, Ja Rule came back wanting to smoke with 50. Like, bruh, like, you was well known. Nobody knew who 50 was, and he came out and assassinated you and your label. Yeah. He he had a little help, but 50, 50 is, is smart. Like, you can't take nothing away from 50. But that shit with Ja Rule... Uh, somebody should have told Ja that he's doing what you're doing, Ja. Why, you know, he's making the same songs you're making, Ja. They just mm-hmm. street oriented. Exactly. Like, he was doing all the singing and everything. He just wanted to be the only everything. one. Everything. He was doing the exact same goddamn thing Ja was doing. But it was just it was just geared more toward the street. Ja was geared more toward the women. And that goddamn uh, switch up he did the job. That was that was a work of art. But the shit he, him and um, uh, Floyd got going, and then Fifty be calling him champ like uh, Harlem Night. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> I thought I was the only person that picked up on that, bro. He's <laughs> crazy. 50. Like, little shit like that is, is what makes 50 over the top. Like, not even the whole joke. It's just him calling him champ. Like, you were on for that. And see, the, the, to me, like, in power, the character 50 played Kanan, I feel like 50 playing himself. Because I feel like the same personality Kanan got, I feel like that's 50 personality for real. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I heard that, but I, I've never even watched Power. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, right? You I've been five watching, seasons behind. I've been watching <laughs> Seinfeld episodes and shit. Kirby enthusiast. <laughs> All right, so uh, on current events. Okay, so recently the mayor of Philadelphia put a stop to the music fest that Jay-Z and them throw every year. I forgot the name of it. Oh, Somebody Made in America. Made in America. Made in America, yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> Like this fucked up. He ain't, he ain't mean to do that. Hey, I, I you know what? Like I wish we could have, like we had been on game, bro. We could have tried to, like get a petition or something. Side like, yo, y'all want somebody somewhere to have it at? Shit, we got a whole lot of space and opportunity down here in Mississippi. <laughs> Shit, uh, who, yeah. somebody did that. Um, who? What state was that? Did that? Mill? What is it? Wisconsin? I think it was Wisconsin did that. Oh, that's crazy, man. It, it was like, Wisconsin or, or um, Minnesota. Like, like, real talk, I feel like, I feel like, other than the, like, we need, like, Mississippi need another music festival other than the Blues Festival, because we need a, a festival for the younger crowd, too. Like, I was so, like, me growing up in the 90s, I just I, I used to always see my cousins getting ready that one time of year. I'm like, where y'all going? We going to freak me. We going to freak me. We so I had it made up in my mind when I got old enough. I was going to freak me. Yeah, and, and then they then took that from. <laughs> I had it made up in my mind. I was going to be going to Galveston to the Capitol Beach party. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like like all those festivals, like the the only well, I did get that. Like, I did get to go to the Capitol Beach party. I did because I was in Texas, but. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> but you know you got like, you got like Coachella now, and you got South by Southwest, and you know the more regulated. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just that we just don't have our own man. Like, like yeah. that's really what I I be preaching in the studio to people I'm working with. Like our own, we need our own. That was the reason for starting Four Bars Entertainment in Greenville because I came up uh, screaming Rockefeller and Death Row and and who else? Swallow House. No yeah, yeah, No Limit, yeah, Cash Money. Yeah, like even Def Jam, so, so Def. Like these people got all these goddamn uh, institutions that people could go to. My whole thing was like in Atlanta, man, you can ride down the goddamn street and see that billboard and know you somewhere by So So Deaf Records. On a good day, you could bump into some matter from So So Deaf Records. Mississippi, on a good day, you're going to dodge a, a ticket or some shit. Like, you yeah. bump into no shit like that. And at the same time, now we got, you know, 
certain people that that's trying to do something and trying to make that. Uh, 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 but you know no what? Actuality. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm put something out, and I hate to get into the socio-economic and pol- political part of it, but uh, that's cool. When you look at Georgia as a whole, mm-hmm. and you look how much Georgia has changed, and how far behind Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas are behind them. Like, look at how, like, Georgia is possibly about to have a first black governor that's a woman. Yeah. And I, I think that's because of places like Atlanta, because of what the culture has done to the surrounding areas around Atlanta. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the influence is so pristine that, like, the surrounding areas in the state has no choice but to accommodate or just, you know, like blend into what's actually taking over. And I feel like in Mississippi and Alabama and, you know, especially those two states and, you know, Arkansas would not like, I feel like, I feel like Georgia is just made it to the two thousands and we still in the 1970s. You know why? We just like if you peep realistically what what's happening, like we are, we kind of just stripping away all them seventies clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like they just they just freed the slaves in Mississippi, bro. Like that shit just happened. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys, you guys, true. You mm-hmm. had the. Uh, you had 4th of July and all that shit in June 19th. And then even after all that, then they just recently just, you know, fixed some shit in the laws to where <laughs> we were slaves. <laughs> True. And, and that's and, another thing, too, bro. Uh, this, this was 2000-ish, though, when this shit happened. Yeah, I think it was like 2013 when it happened. Okay, now at the same time, 2013... I graduated high school, oh two, fam. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, this was like we saw Atlanta boom and these artists boom. Twenty thirteen, like you say, Georgia or Atlanta, it just sounds it sounds black already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, I'm on my way to Atlanta. Man, it sounds like you on your way to a black party. <laughs> but what? Guess, guess what? I'm on my way to Mississippi. What does that sound like? Man, like real talk, post like will you about to go get locked up. <laughs> there you oh, it's just it's just the psychology of the word now. We just gotta change the psychology of how we look look at it and how we hear Mississippi now. That's because true. That's how the world hears it. They they really think we, we still, you know, got slaves. Like we there. still yeah, uh, horse drawn buggies and stuff. Yeah, right. A lot of people think that. That's just how Mississippi sounds. That's just how the connotation of the word sounds now. We got a lot of shit along with it. And we got to turn up, man. We got to change how motherfuckers hear Mississippi. How they hear their word. We got to change. Because you know what I feel like? I feel like once you get past, like, once you get past Jackson, like, heading South Mississippi, it's a totally different thing. Because... Like North, it felt like North Mississippi still stagnant, and South Mississippi is really changing. 
because, you know, it's more inclusive down there. It's not as segregated. Like, they still got a lot of, you know, segregated stuff down there. But, you know, like, when you go to the coast, mm-hmm. like, like those folks is, like, pretty much blended. You mean, you know like, the, the tourist spots? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And they prosper because they utilize what they had to generate, to generate wealth. Like... <clears throat> I mean, at, like at one time, Greenville was like the shit. Yeah, that's when we thought when we had we yeah. had all these casinos, man. We thought like, oh, it's about to jump off. Now we got casinos. We had the car show. We had, you know, we had show fest. You know, we had the balloon festival. We had like everything. Like Greenville was the queen city of the Delta. Like, and then yeah. it's just like overnight, it all fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, but well, like I said, man, we gotta <laughs> we gotta change the connotation of the word. And I feel uh, like we, I feel like us, our generation, mm-hmm. I feel like we can start a renaissance for the area to change it and bring it into a better place. It's just that we all got to get on the same page. We all have to be focused and determined to do it, and not be worrying about like you can worry about yourself. But look at the bigger picture too. Like, don't be like, man, I don't want, I don't want to work there, man, or I don't want to do this, man. I'm trying to do my own thing. Like, look at the bigger picture. Like, if we all got together and made things happen, so much more could be gone. So much more could be done, and we could leave a legacy for other generations to change what the connotation of Mississippi is. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. You don't have to have some forward-thinking people in, in whatever um, field they're in. So people that's thinking forward and, and being able to think on the same page like that. That is true. That's that's the, that's the thing. And like you started the interview off, I think about like the crab and bear issue. I think that it happens a lot. A lot out of I won't say necessity, but just out of a fear of I won't I won't be able to to quote unquote eat or quote unquote live how I wanna live. You know, it, it's scary down here. Like if you if you slip then you you out there bad down in Mississippi. So a lot of times people be on that, I gotta get it, I gotta get it. What's that? That uh, <laughs> J Rock, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. That's oh, what yeah. it sound like. I gotta yeah. get it. I gotta get it. That's what a nigga mad sound like all the time. So he may want to help or work with this certain person, but it's it's so tight down here to where I ain't no time to to kind of learn each other's mannerisms, to learn each other's characteristics, so we can work together. You just have to have a mentality like, okay, we got to do this. And hopefully this other person got the mentality like, yeah, we do got to do this. And it'll, it'll work faster or better if we do it together. Instead of, you know, like trying to manufacture a, a, a cushy relationship. See, that that shit fucks up a lot of shit too. So I'd rather... I'd rather if it's dog eat dog then let's just you know everybody just go to war and win a win but if it ain't then everybody you know 
it could be easy to work together. A lot of shit should have been dead. That's true. That is true. All right, man. With it being episode 98, and Steve probably mentioned a bunch of albums in 98, he didn't even know it. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the greatest. Because last episode, we kind of got the things like, oh, we 97. What's some of the greatest hip hop albums in 97? So we decided to keep it going and talk about some of the greatest albums in 1998. Uh, shoot, let's kick it off. We said it. We said, like I said, we said they named several times Outcast, Aquemini came out in 98. Uh, oh, man. Shoot, I would say probably, man, next to ATL is probably one of the greatest. Outcast album for me. Yeah. Equipment I was that equipment I was that album though. Like that like they carried me over until Stankolia came out. <laughs> yeah. Cause cause ninety eight was that like man, I'm starting to feel telling really telling my age. Ninety eight I was just going leaving elementary school, going to junior high. So equipment I kicked out junior high school for me. 98, damn, 98. Uh, I was just, what, coming to 8th grade, ninth grade, 98, 99. That was ninth grade. So, yeah, that was my shit. Aquemini, uh, Goody Mob, Still Standing. I was on that more than Aquemini. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still Standing. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, What's some of the tracks off Still Standing? Uh, uh, Black Guys. Uh, yep. Black Ice, well, that's how I introduced the Cool uh, Breeze. Man. Man. Yeah. Uh, what do you say? What you know about the bananas and mayonnaise? That's the <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, then we had... Hard Knock uh, Life came yeah, out. Uh, yeah. Life and Times of uh, Sean Carter Volume 2. Hard Knock Life came out in 98. Yep. Like a lot of folks I knew did like the Hard Knock Life single. I liked that song. I liked it. You know? <laughs> It was, all, it was different from anything that was out. Man, yeah, hard. He sampled a broad. He sampled a song off of Annie. Uh, like, Broadway. That was Broadway. Off Broadway. Hey, what? No hip hop artists even thinking about Broadway at the time, trying to do anything. You know what? Close to that. How that happened was uh, who he said the fuck he heard play that shit at a show. Uh, I want to say DJ Cool Kev or some shit. Old school cat, and he was playing at a show. And you know how DJs got that little intermission and shit. And he was kind of, kind of blending some and going from one song to another. And he kind of ficky ficky and threw that damn Annie in that shit. And it was just the, the song from the movie, just the regular song. But the bounce, I guess, over the speakers made Brad like, damn. So. That turn that it, but that that album was a monster. Yeah, but this album was bigger in my opinion. That's from say the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I was like, just gonna say that. No, nope. no, this album to this day, man. Like, like literally, called. this woman, this album, twenty years old, bro, and this her only solo, only, only, yeah. 
Yeah, I think she wanted to do more, but yeah, it was. Right. I didn't listen to it like that. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't either at the time. I mean, there were some of the singles that were like out that you know that everybody was you know singing or you was hearing all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying way, Steve. I wasn't. I wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> something that was constantly in my CD player back then. My yeah. mama was a big Laura Hill. Like, see, like, that's what I was gonna say. Like every girl though, like I can, I can see. Girls down my timeline going off like motherfucker. This what we was on. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> y'all was on <laughs> because they really, really talk about that album all the time. Yeah, because I like and like I come from one of them households where Sunday morning you getting woke up early in the morning. Your mama jamming Prince Michael Jackson, Earth Wayne and Fire. All that while you clean up and wash clothes. Mm. So. When she found something up to date that she liked, uh, yeah, we was gonna listen to that. And like, uh, Lauren Hill album, she was in love with it. Okay, I'm looking at a few of these albums, right? Okay, it's dark and hell is high. Y'all already know yes, what, sir. what yes, kind of history sir. that was. Yeah. yeah. Right? Then the same fucking year he dropped Flesh in My Flesh and went platinum again. So that's still staying. I think Drake, I mean, Future just did that with Future and Hendrix. He dropped both of them in the same year and went platinum two times. Mm-hmm. 400 Degrees dropped in 98. 400 fucking Degrees dropped. Uh, see Murder, Life or Death. I was yep. on that. Takao 2000 dropped. Mm-hmm. Fiend. Yep. As one in every family, which was the shit. Money, Power, Respect dropped in 98. We got uh, Buster Rhymes, okay. ELE, Extinction Level of Event. Like Showing the oh, yeah. And on that album, dude really showed me, like, he could really rap. Like, give me some. Yeah. Like, he's, uh, he's like Twister. Yeah. Master P, The Last Done, dropped in 98. Which was cool. I think I was, I was around that time. I was <laughs> tripping on the yeah. hype. On oh, cash oh, money, oh, you was moving over to cash money around that time. Yeah, that shit there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I still had it. I still had it, but at the same time, I was just like that. Four hundred degrees had just caught me. You know, just yeah. just caught me uh, from the blue. It came out the blue. That four hundred degrees was a monster, man. That that may be as I'm looking at these albums. That may be the um, pivotal album of '98. Yeah, for the cup, just like it came out the blue, cause like behind, like back that ass up changed everything for Cash Money. Yep, it did. That, man, that was, oh yeah, <clears throat> that's when the money started coming. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot, what else we got? We got the locks, money, power, respect. I know a lot of people didn't really give a give the locks a lot of credit until like later on, until they broke yeah. off. And you got Jadakiss and stuff like that. And that's when people really. I loved them. Me too, bro. Around that time, I loved them, man. Um, they were so grimy, bro. But like I just said, I was I was reaching like '98. That was I had bought DMX, so I was reaching for that hip-hop, that East Coast sound and shit. So, I I was on the locks. I was on M.O.P. Uh, and uh, see, Wu-Tang. And huh. see, around that time, I was really starting to get into, like, most deaf and Talib, Kweli, cats like that. 
Oh, yeah, no, uh, that conscious rap. I was, oh, you know, them, it was um, commenting folks like that. That's when I was start because I was starting to think musically for myself a lot more. Black Star when they was doing that shit. Tyler yeah. Perry, I was there. Yep. Matter of fact, I think they dropped the album that year, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They did. They did. Yeah, that's it. They did Black Star. Yeah, Most of the time. Uh, Capital Punishment by Big Pun dropped in '98. Yep. Yeah, dude. Oh, Tribe Called Quest, the Love Movement. Yep. Doc's name, Red Man. Oh I yeah, the Cal 2000 Judgment Day. Yeah, I remember that. Was that like, the one with the Rockwell on? No, nah, that was the uh, no. that was the album him and um him and Red did together. Yeah, I think was that nine. I think that was like '99, I believe. Yeah, that was 99. That, that was, 99. I think it was called The Rockwiler, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was called... Uh, yeah, the record was called The Rockwiler, but the, uh, was the album the was Rockwiler. called Blackout. Yeah, Blackout. 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 Yeah, that's my uh, Method Man go-to. I think, I think Method Man and Red Man is a slept-on duo also. Oh, like, hell yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, like, as far as duos go... We give all. We pretty much give all the credit to Outkast and UGK. But like Eight Ball, MJG, yep. Red and Meth, UGK. You know what I'm saying? Those some duos that's just like. I, I think they, it's just. I think it's just relative to where you're from. Yeah. Because shit, goddamn, uh, Daz and Corrupt don't get mentioned a lot, but no, they don't. Them two motherfuckers is is. Shit, man, Batman and Robin. You talking about two on two against him, man? I ain't finna lose too many times. Uh, mob Deep, you know, like if you from mob New York, deep, yeah, if right, you yeah. from New York, you get Mob Deep a lot of, yeah, a so lot of credit. Uh, EPM, Hell yeah, EPMD. That's another yeah. EPMD. You see what I'm saying? Airbnb uh, and Rakim. Airbnb yep. and Rakim. Yep. Like it's a motherfucking duo, but I wouldn't even say like did. one of the first rap because I don't know. I mean, I know Rakim doesn't really, and that's one thing about people don't give Rakim a lot of credit for. Rakim, like, like he raps, he don't curse. It that's like it's like that's a talent nowadays when it comes to like some rappers now. Yeah, that is. Yeah. He, um, I, I recently listened to some he did. Man, I can't remember what the fuck was he rapping about, but it's, I think he was telling a story. And dude still is the shit. Dude still like a rapper. His ass off. Rakim. Yeah. And then even when in the beginning of his career, like Rakim was giving you <coughs> like game, like real game, like street knowledge. But he was giving you wisdom at the same time too. Yeah. And and so like I like like to me, I grew up, you know, being 80s babies. My uncle, when I was born, my uncle was young. So like, I grew up. I'm like I, man. You can ask anybody that listens to this show. I give LL Cool J all the respect in the world because <laughs> to me, to me, LL was like the 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 first like solo act versus I mean duo Run DMC. But like like besides Run DMC, like the first solo act that just. Blew up the way he blew up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, I like, with L. That's a uh, yeah. That's, that's my dad's favorite artist behind um, Tupac. I, I mean, like, like at, at one time, like I was, 
I know when I was a kid, it was Cool Mo D and L Cool J for me. That was my guy, Cool Mo D, as a kid. Yeah, like I the shades. I don't know. It probably was the the shades I'm, I'm, and the koofy. I'm sure. I'm sure it was the shades and the koofy. It just looked cool. <laughs> the leather shit. <laughs> and then that Wild Wild West came out. Yeah, those red boots and shit like Superman. Like Johnny Gill walking around in red cowboy boots. Yeah. And then what's that other one? Uh, I go to work. Yeah, I go to work. Yeah. Yeah. I used to oh, another uh, uh, another duo. Oh, uh, uh, shit! I, I just had their name in my mouth. Uh, y'all help me out. Duo. Big clock around his neck. Oh, uh, public enemy, man. Public, public enemy, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I public had a name in my head, now my so mind you said clock, I immediately went to Flavor Flay Ugly. <laughs> I ain't lying. Like, to me, to me, public enemy was the antithesis of the hype man and the MC. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the prime example yeah. of that. Prime example. Crazy story. Um, um, Be Real. From, uh, what's the name of that group? Cypress Hill? Cypress yeah. Hill, right? Okay, Cypress Hill. He said they got their shit from um, Public Enemy. Like, he was trying to be like a West Coast Mexican Public Enemy. So that's why he rapped like um, his voice would try to cut through like Chuck D. And his other homeboy would kind of play the, the Flavor Flav role. But it was kind of more of a Mexicanish thing. In other words, they looked up to them and tried to mimic themselves after him, and they missed, but they found themselves, and that's how we got Cypher too. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. That shit is cool as hell. I mean, go ahead. No, I would say uh, no. Quench statement because we're about to shut down. Bring it, bring it, bring it to a close. <laughs> um, but all right, man. Um, so we're gonna bring this episode ninety eight to a close, man. Uh, y'all hit us up on the hip hop regis community. Let us know. There's a poll up right now. Let us know what your favorite uh, album in nineteen ninety eight was, man. Uh, if we, we don't have that choice up there for you on the poll, of course, always put it in the comments. Of course, uh, Steve. Again, yeah. Tell or you can just write can- Steve. Oh yeah, or oh, you could just write Steve as well. Um, yeah, night day. <laughs> Steve, tell people where they can uh where they can get your music and where they can hear your music at, man. Okay, right now you'll be hearing it directly through SoundCloud. Right now we got like a rollout going on. So we ain't just put it all out there yet, but soon <clears throat> soon, excuse me, yeah. Speaking like next week, everything be rolled out right. We'll be looking at uh, Tidal, uh, Amazon, you know, all the, anywhere you can buy music. That's where it'll be. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll definitely uh, post that on the hiphoprejects.com and all that good stuff. Um, in addition to that, before we head out, Reject Radio is coming in August, man. So please, 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 all the artists out there, if you know an artist, know somebody that's trying to be an artist that has good music and it just, it just needs to be heard on the right platform, Reject Radio is where you want to be. It's all about putting out independent music and just having a, like a, 
a internet radio show that's all dedicated to playing nothing but indie music, man, indie hip hop music. So please make sure you send all that over to uh, Reject Radio at the hip hop rejects dot com. Uh, we're still taking in submissions for uh, Indie Spotlight as well. We'll be rolling that back. Um, be doing that probably more so after episode 100. Uh, we'll be getting back in the groove of that in, in episode 101. But yeah, man, uh, we'll see y'all uh, for episode 99 next week. All right, road to 100. Peace, blessings. Already, y'all. Uh, one.